Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast for today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. Today is part two of an absolutely fabulous two-part interview with Pastor Duncan Brannon. Now, if you missed any of part one, you need to go back and listen to the prior episode, especially the beginning of it. It will rock your world. I'm telling you, uh, Pastor Brannon has a wonderful uh, history. He has been a voice actor, among many other things, as well as being a pastor for over 30 years. But uh, he was the voice of Barney the Dinosaur, Chuck E. Cheese. He did voiceovers for multiple characters in Dragon Ball Z. He's been the voiceover artist for many celebrities, including Martha Stewart, Chuck Swindoll, and other, other people. But folks, he is also the author of an absolutely terrific book titled The Soldier Code, Ancient Warrior Wisdom for Modern-Day Christian Soldiers. We're going to jump back into this interview now with Pastor Duncan Brannon. Before we started the recording, back in the 1980s, I was a cavalry officer, and, and we were required by our squadron commander as part of our officer development program to read at least one book per month on tactics, history, leadership, and I was an avid reader. I mean, I read Sun Tzu's book, The Art of War, as you have, but I have to admit, what you put together in this book is absolutely <laughs> awesome. I mean, it's just like, where was this when I needed it 25 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> But because you bridge that gap between the natural warfare and the spiritual warfare, like I've never seen before. And, and tell us what makes this book unique from all the other books that are circulating in Christian circles that discuss spiritual warfare. I think um, I think the first thing that makes that makes the Soldier Code unique is the fact that a lot of times, you know, if 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 we sit down in church on on Sunday and so forth, and we're going to study spiritual warfare, we're just going to jump right into Ephesians six. Most of the time, it's going to be a line by line exegesis, which there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, as we break down original language, I do tons of that in the book. I break down original language of scripture, the Hebrew, the Greek. And so forth. We look at, at at biblical culture and context, of course, as well, um, using all that all that seminary training there, uh, <laughs> and so forth. But the first difference, what, what what we're talking about, is that I do I do start with the natural. There is a natural curiosity in all of us that I think that God creates uh, of of understanding and knowing history of what the people like that went before us, how they lived how they died, how they fought, how they struggled, uh, all, all of their infirmities, their strengths, their weaknesses. And you run into a good history teacher. We can all think of probably a good history teacher in our background at some point of somebody who really made the subject come alive because they understood it. They made those people real to us. They made us taste the blood and the, and, and the sweat and feel the dust and the metal uh, and so forth. And so in the soldier code, 
the, the first thing we do is we go back and forth in this parable explanation type fashion, just like Jesus in Matthew 13. We, we start with, with a piece of lore and legend of samurai history, and then I walk people through a translation into spiritual applications. We look at that servant warrior spirit, mm. that servant warrior type that the samurai was, and then we look at the servant ministry of Jesus, that principle yeah. that he set forth the disciples. And then we we look at how powerful that is when that when that is brought to the battlefield when that's brought to a husband's ministry it helps save my marriage amen when a man understands that he is to be a servant fighting for the heart of his wife fighting for the heart of his home there's a different dynamic that takes place than yeah. just bringing home the bacon and putting a roof over somebody's head amen. and so forth these these applications become become you know very real and uh, very, very quickly and so forth. So that's the first place it's different. Um, I think another way that the soldier code is, is really different than the books that are out there is it gives people permission um, to enjoy history, uh, to enjoy a lot of these things that they have an interest in studying, not feel guilty about it. I think a lot of times also we have, especially history, especially military history, obviously there's a lot of blood. There's a lot of, there's a lot of sad sadness. There's a lot of sin. There's a lot of terrible things there. One of the things that I do in the opening chapters of the soldier code though, is I discuss how God uses history and scripture. We look at the old Testament. The old Testament is the story of ancient Israel their, their beginnings, of course, with the seed of Abraham coming into the Exodus and then their eventual slavery and then God breaking them free yeah. and God invading Egypt, first of all, to do that, ransacking Egypt within, with those 10 plagues, but then raising up an army out of these, these farmers and these brick makers and so forth that had been doing it for the last 300 years. And as we trace the rest of the Old Testament there, of course, we have all of these all of these places where Israel had to go out and battle and fight her enemies, and God showed up supernaturally. So yeah. God uses history very, very powerfully in, in, in the book of, of Job. In fact, one of my favorite scriptures along this line, Job 8, um, 8 through 10 in the, in the God's Word translation, it says, ask the people of past generations. Find out what their ancestors had learned. Mm. We've only been around, we've only been around for a moment and our life is but a fleeting shadow. Won't their words teach you? Won't Amen. they share their thoughts with yeah. you? So even Amen. God encourages us to dig into history. Yeah. And why? Because of those good old proverbs like, you know, that, that Churchill passed on to us, you know, those who, and, and so forth, those who don't know their history, they're going to be doomed to repeat it. Yeah. And yeah. so there's power in studying ancient military history. And if we look at Paul, as we come into the New Testament, more than anyone else, Paul, he ransacked, he, had, he, he just plundered military culture, the Greco athletic culture of, of the day. And he is using these as metaphors and illustrations all throughout his teaching, 1 Corinthians, is he's yeah. teaching a very, the, the Corinthians were obviously a very secular people, a very idol, uh, idolatrous people, as he's trying to train them up and get them ready for a major warfare. You know, the, yeah. first, the New Testament world was this hotbed 
of, of, of syndicated violence in the Roman amphitheater. And then you had, of course, all of the, the mysticism, all of the, all of the, the, the false spirituality, all the different idols and so forth of the land, all of these different things. And New Testament believers were kind of like deer in the headlights coming into this. Hey, what do we do with all of this? And how do we fight and still live in this culture and so forth? And they needed guys like Paul and Peter to come along and make sense of that. And Paul obviously had an amazing classical training there in his education. And he just, he dipped into that background too, broke these lessons out. And, you know, Ephesians 6 is him saying, okay, Mm -hmm. here's how we fight. You see that Roman soldier over there? Let's talk about his armor for a second. Now, how does that translate? It's the same thing. God uses history. He uses culture, archaeology, all of these things. But we don't often pick up on it just as we're kind of reading through and doing our daily devotion. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And you shared with us a few minutes ago about the six cultures that you've included in your book. And they're all different, but Mm. yet there's common denominators in all of these warrior cultures. Can you explain what those are? Mm. Very common denominators. So the first and I think most important common denominator that I, I highlight in the book, because I think it's a powerful lesson for us as believers, every one of these ancient warrior cultures had a code, a warrior ethos that that guided them. And it called them, number one, to lift for a transcendent cause, something higher than themselves. It called them to a rule that was higher than themselves and an elevation, elevated place in society. You know, I, yes, we understand that, that the civilians do that, but a warrior lives differently because a warrior lives for other people. A warrior lays down his life for other people. So if we look at the samurai, we, we look at the code of Bushido, the way of the warrior their ethos that was that was formed over a period of hundreds of years in the midst of of places like the age of war the Sinko, the sengoku jedi period the period of warring states in medieval japan there it's a very very powerful very tumultuous time and so forth but anybody who's kind of looked into history and so forth we often see that the most powerful things happen in these cauldrons of history these hot places these brewing places and so forth and it was out of that that culture of violence and and that culture of war that a very very beautiful chivalric code came out that guided the samurai not only on the battlefield but in peacetime also, it restrained those powerful forces of war inside the warrior, restrained him. It called him to be a servant. It called him to be ethical. It called him to be courteous and polite and kind. Most of all, the highest part of the samurai code, Jin, which we regularly translate as compassion, it, for the Christian, it would better be translated as agape. And unconditional love is, how, is a better translation of that compassion because when the samurai were talking about it, they were saying, this is not just a love that you feel. This is a love that you show by laying down your life, even if it means, means taking your own life for, for somebody else. Of course, we can see some of those ties now. We start looking at Jesus. Jesus understood that he was coming to die that he was coming to lay down his life, that he was, that, and then, and then what he tell us to do, he told us to take you, now you take up your cross. And if your right hand offends you, cut it off. He gave us these very, very powerful visuals, compared them to his own life and said, now that's what you're supposed to go and do too. And 
walk we walk into the Spartan culture. Um, I, I I love the classical period of of ancient Greece and so forth. And the Spartans, of course, were the Delta Force of their day. And probably yeah. every guy out there right now in the <clears throat> listening audience is familiar with the movie Three Hundred. You know, and mm-hmm. Spartans, what is your profession? You know, oh yeah. oh. Oh, <laughs> so Amen. many, so That's many right. powerful lessons, you know, out, out of the out of the Spartan culture there. Um, and, and one of the things that I discussed there in the book, a, a great parallel there, Paul's training of Timothy, getting this this young man ready, who was raised in a home without a father figure. He had his grandmother, uh, Lois, his, his uh, grandmother, uh, grandmother Lois and, and then Eunice, mom Eunice. Obviously, raised in that environment, he didn't have this father figure. So Paul was already going to be a very influential figure in his life. But you look at his training, and in 2 Timothy chapter 3, you know, in the 16th verse, we have a familiar verse that you know we all know, you know, all scripture is inspired by God, profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness, and so forth. A little earlier on, though, Paul tells Timothy, he says, Consider my way of life. Look at my sufferings. Look at my persecutions and all of this. Well, the original Greek here is the word agoge. Where does that word come from? It comes from Greek ancient military culture. Mm. It comes from places like Sparta. Sparta had the agoge, the warrior upbringing. This place where a boy was taken from his home at age seven yeah. and then received this powerful training over the series of, of, of the next uh, 11, 12 years here. So the, by the time that he is, he's reached the peak of his teen years and his strength, mm-hmm. he is a fierce, fierce warrior who is devoted to the state, devoted yeah. to protect, devoted to defend. And of course, obviously, if the Spartans had not had that vision early on, they certainly wouldn't have been ready to take that stand, that sacrificial stand at the gates of Thermopylae, the, the, the gates of hell, as they yep. referred to them. That's what Thermopylae means the gates of fire. But we look into those lessons there in just the Spartan chapter and how a husband, how a man of God in place, defending his home, defending his faith, how those things translate so well. And of course, there's equally powerful lessons here for the women all the way across it. Why? Because spiritual warfare knows no gender. It comes to all of us. And these are central lessons for everybody in scripture. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, on the jacket of your book, another area says your readers will learn powerful strategies to defeat enemies within mm. and without mm. what do you mean by that. And how's that accomplished? So obviously enemies within, of course, um, one of the principles that I discuss uh, in the book early on with the samurai chapter is, is this understanding that our greatest foe as Christians is not the devil. It is the unchecked flesh that we allow to run around, those unchecked thoughts upstairs. Paul understood this. Paul wrestled with this in, in Romans chapter 6 and 7, you know, un- talking about this horrid sinful nature that hates God, would kill God if it possibly oh, could, yeah. if, it, if it had that chance, and obviously did you know, at the cross and so forth in its expression and so forth. But Paul understood this. He understood that he said, I know that in me, in my flesh, there is no good thing. And as he talked about the law warring within his, his body, warring within his members, 
and so forth. He was trying to clue the Romans in. He said, you've got a battle that's not just going to be outside with a culture that's trying to lead you astray. You've got sinful nature, sinful flesh inside of you with desires and passions and old thoughts that have to be taken captive, that have to be checked on a regular basis and so forth. And in the samurai, of course, the samurai, he was all about, as I said earlier, living for somebody else, which meant he checked his he checked his dreams at the door. He checked his ambitions at the door so that what he could serve a master that he could serve someone higher than him. And if necessary, even in his own life, the highest expression um, of samurai love was what was called Junshi. Um, We understand seppuku and and warrior ritual suicide in the samurai culture. A lot of guys will be instantly familiar with that, ladies too and so forth. But Junshi was was this expression that meant following in death. Following a master, if a samurai lost his life, he was so identified with his master, so identified and wrapped up in the master's life that when a master died in warfare or took his own life because of an honor code violation or something like that, or just died of natural causes, a warrior would often lose a sense of direction and, and take his own life. He, because he did not see a value in his own. He, and so he would follow in death or he would follow in death to bring honor to his master or maybe save face for himself in some way. But we look at that and we look at that culture and we go, well, that's twisted. We don't want people taking their own lives because God values life. Absolutely he does. The, the understanding of the sacredness of life is a central part of Christian doctrine, Old Testament teaching yeah. too, in places like Psalm 139. But we also understand that Jesus said, look, you in Luke 9, 23, you have to take up your cross daily. If you're going to follow me, you're going to have to deny your flesh. If you want to pursue a calling that glorifies me and shares the gospel with the world, you're going to have to, you're going to have to cut into your flesh, if you will. And you're going to have to deny those desires. But like the samurai, you're going to need somebody to do it in the act of, of ritual suicide. A samurai had a second. A, a man beside him, a Kaisha Kunin, we talk about in the book. And the Kaisha Kunin was there that if the samurai lost heart in, in this process, that the Kaisha Kunin would jump up and take his life, he'd, he'd behead the man. Well, mm. that's a grisly metaphor. Yeah. I understand that. And again, I'll use Paul saying, bear with me for a moment while I flesh it out for us here in Christendom. As Christians, Jesus made it very, very clear that we can't live this life alone. I need brothers and sisters. You need brothers and sisters. We need a fellowship of believers, and we especially need an intimate circle. Jesus had his own, a Peter, James, oh, yeah. and a John. Yeah. Yeah. And he had, and, and those men followed him into that garden that night, and they were there for him. And they fell asleep on duty. And that that certainly happens in Christianity too. And it's a sad thing when it does, because oftentimes we lose many battles because we don't have our second there with us to help us deal with our flesh when it's whipping us on the battlefield. So that's just, that's just one place there, of course. And I mentioned earlier, the, the, the Viking, of course, being this typology for the apostle and for the missionary and being willing to leave home to leave comforts and pursue a vision, a dream that takes you to an unknown coastland, that takes you into all this unfamiliar territory. You shared with me earlier, of course, how how God had called you years ago Mm -hmm. 
into podcasting, into doing what you're doing and so forth. And boy, that required faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And he tells us there in Hebrews 11, 6, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Exactly. Amen. We ha- yeah. and, we, and if we're going to pursue a vision, you know, we, we've got to have faith. But what we don't connect, and I try to do this in the book here in the Viking chapter, we don't connect how powerful it is in the kingdom of God and against the kingdom of darkness, when we step out, follow God and pursue our calling. When we pursue our calling and we become trained in our gifts and proficient in what God has called us to do, we have become a lethal force to the kingdom of darkness. Mm -hmm. That is warfare like Sun Tzu called total war. All resources devoted to this, this, this powerful transcendent cause and when you focus your life in that way, well, I know I note in the book the, the this basic principle that when we become fully devoted to God, we become most dangerous to the devil. Amen. That's right. That's right. And that's where the victory comes. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, as as you were talking about that, I remember one time our radio station had, had gotten on that rocket ride you know where we we're rated number one <laughs> in the world and all that i was being invited to speak and, and and talk about it and i remember praying one day i said lord why me i mean why did you pick me to do all this you know and he has a way of keeping you humble and making you laugh but getting this point across <laughs> at the same time i said why me why did you pick me and i could hear in my spirit he says you weren't my first choice <laughs> and i was like let's get that out oh, of the way first oh, i wasn't your first choice he goes no you were just the first one that obeyed wow and, uh, and there you know that that script obedience is better than sacrifice you know Ooh. i mean but that was it was like oh, oh. <laughs> that's <laughs> that is so powerful it's it's true, it's true. we yeah. we there there is there it, you know, obedience is the battle line of spiritual warfare yeah. it's a, an, another lesson we discuss in the book um the obedience to the scripture you know we see in so many places right now and i think it deeply concerns us as pastors where we see individual christians where we see churches fudging those lines and yeah. and and not and not sticking to the scripture sola scriptura sola fide sticking to those basic principles uh, that all scripture is inspired by god what does that mean yes. that means god's right and we're exactly. we're going to be wrong and we need to find out what he says if we're going to do this thing and scripture is our battle line obedience is that battle line where it's tested for us as believers and we're in a place now where we see our culture sliding off the deep end in a yeah. number of ways we see so many so many powerful Judeo-Christian values that were grounded into the bedrock of Western culture, yeah. by beautifully etched in by our founders, and give, yet people giving people at the same time that liberty to choose, right? Yeah. Uh, just as God did in Scripture. Um, but we're seeing the effects of that in our society. We're seeing we're seeing the decadence. We're seeing the collapse, and we're seeing the numbers and the statistics happen in the church too. We have a pastoral culture that's that's deeply struggling, um, and they're struggling with things like mental health issues now. They're struggling with pornography. Um, 
I, we don't just talk, of course, about scripture and, and some of these other aspects of history. We, we deal with real-time data in the book also. I wanted, I wanted people out there to understand that this wasn't just something that I was just, you know, kind of coming up with and from the ivory tower and so forth. We dig into the Barna studies. We did, we dig into Pew research studies and so forth Amen. that show what Christians are believing out there, that show the things that they're wrestling with. And some of the statistics and the data is very, very sad. Um, of course, as we come to God, though, a redemptive God, a redeeming God, a powerful God that he is, we, we know that, that these tides can be turned. We know that, that the spirit is capable of coming in, raising that standard when the enemy comes in like a flood, as Isaiah t- points out in Isaiah 59 there. Um, but cultures like Sparta, uh, for example, um, we, we use them in a very, very powerful way to talk about the need to protect faith, to defend the faith. Peter in 1 Peter 3.15, you know, he invited people and, and, and charged people of, of, of his audience there pretty big audience that he had yeah. too yeah. was was sanctify the lord god in your heart he said and always be ready to give an answer yeah. for the hope that is in you with gentleness and respect and apologia a defense of the faith and, which referred specifically to a witness in a court of law giving testimony yep. peter was peter this old rugged fisherman he was yeah. always opening and opening his mouth and putting his foot right in it during the, during the gospels yeah. <laughs> and so forth. Has grown up at this point, and he's talking about guys making orderly, make a systematic defense of your faith. Take time to study, be ready to answer, and put and and put the arguments and things in place and so forth. Of course, this is where the field yeah. of apologetics comes yeah. from, and being able to take evidences beyond beyond the book, beyond the good book and, and science and archaeology and so forth and say, well, there's other, there's other reasons to believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. There's other reasons to believe that there is an intelligent designer an existing God and so forth like that. So there's so many different things that we look in and so many fields that we branch in the book this way. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And, and your book is just being released third week of March. How can mm-hmm. someone obtain a copy? Is it available on Amazon? Yes, sir. It sure is. Um, they can go to our, our Amazon page. Just look up, up uh, look us up there, the Soldier Code, okay. Ancient Warrior Wisdom for Modern Day Christian Soldiers. They can visit our site too, thesoldiercode.com, just like the title of the book. And uh, yeah. we'll have, uh, we have a spot there where people can order that. Uh, and so forth. They can find out more about uh, our ministry if they're interested in in uh, having having me out to speak on it and talk yeah. about it, break down this subject a little bit more. We can we can look at that too. Amen. So one more time, if someone wanted to get in touch with you to get more information or ask a question or maybe do an interview like this, how can they do that? Yeah. How can they get in touch with you again? Best place to do it, thesoldiercode.com, and just click on our tab there. Um, you can message me personally. I'm, I'm a good boy. I check my inbox often, and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and I do. I love opportunities like this where we get to just sit down brother to brother. Amen. And you know, family, fa- family, and family, and and sit down and, and talk about our faith, and talk about ways right now where I think we're all deeply concerned as pastors. We want to encourage. We want to equip. We see our brothers and sisters. We see the church in a serious warfare right now. We are in an age of war as believers. And we do. We want to equip. And the soldiercode.com, I believe, uh, they'll visit us and check out the book, The Soldier Code. If they'll take a look, I believe that they're going to find a cutting edge equipping 
that they have not seen before. I believe the book's going to be revolutionary this way. And they're going to come back from it and they're just going to go, wow. First of all, the scripture came alive to me like never before, but now, now I feel more prepared. I'm ready. Amen. 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 I'll put links to all this down below in the show notes. Folks, this is a definite book to add to your reading list. I mean, I, I can't recommend this any more highly than to say you just don't need one. You need to buy two, three, four copies and sow them into people's lives. I mean, buy one for your pastor. I know they'll appreciate it. They'll be blessed by it. This this book puts together things I've been studying for my entire life mm. into one concise volume that is just a blessing and a half. I mean, I just can't emphasize this enough. Folks, you need to get this. Go down the show notes, click the links right there, order your copies today. Pastor Barney, I mean, uh, Pastor Duncan. (laughs) 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 I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to to visit with us today. I truly enjoyed our conversation so much. And I do appreciate your time. Well, me too, Bob. Thank you so much. And thanks thanks to everybody who, who tuned in and, and gave it a listen today. Bless you. Amen. Folks, that is all the time we have for today. For Pastor Duncan Brandon and myself, this is Pastor Bob Romani. Once again, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, 
Anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.